as the uh, the associate director of, of in the youth department, and I, I'm actually focused on youth and young adult, and um, just so glad to be here, and so glad for this weather. I was like, amen. Did anybody have their windows open last night? Yeah, wasn't that awesome? I love it. Oh, it was a cold winter. But uh, anyway, I, I, let's pray again. Dear Lord, thank you so much. It's so good to be in your house this Sabbath. And I pray that worship has been and will be acceptable to you. We, you are the one we adore. Oh, as those, those ladies sang so beautifully, Lord, we, we just want to praise you. Lord, so give us a message this morning. It's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, have you ever been like falsely accused or mischaracterized? Has that ever happened to you? You're like, that's not who I am. Or worse, has anyone ever said anything bad about your mama? <laughs> or your dad? Has that ever happened? Once. <laughs> Gary said once. He don't talk much no more. <laughs> no, like, like that's like the worst, right? I remember as a kid, you would have like yo mama jokes, which were terrible. <laughs> at first it was like, ha, ha, ha. But then at the end, it was like, it's on. Because what is it? We don't like it when someone talks bad about someone that we love. Isn't that right? Matter of fact, sometimes we're way more tolerant about ourselves. But if you go after what we hold dear... It is on. Do you know that the world, much of the world, has a misunderstanding of who God is? They think he's something that he's absolutely not. And it blows my mind when I hear it. And I just think, well, that's not true. That isn't true. So I've, but I've, I've been on a... Uh, here, and here's the problem that I have too. Like, just if you want to get into my head, it's a weird place. Um, I find that I usually just talk to people who agree with me. Is, isn't that true? Maybe not for you, but like you know, you hang out with people that agree with you because it's better that way. You don't want to talk about things that you don't agree with because you're afraid that you get mad at each other and leave. We don't want to talk about politics. We don't want to talk about religion. Let's talk about how nice the day is. Because there's rarely a person that would be anti this day. Well, what happens sometimes too is as Christians, we only talk to each other. And we only want to talk about Jesus around other Christians so we can get an amen. So essentially, like the foolishness of today, of preaching, is that I'm guessing for the most part, everyone's going to be okay with what I'm about to say. That God is amazing. But there's a world out there that has no idea that he's amazing. In fact, if you watch media today, he is the butt of most jokes. If you want to be made fun of, tell people you're a Christian. Or the reason why trouble exists. I'm like, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to just stick with my kind. I actually want to talk to people and tell them how amazing God is. So have you ever done this? Have you ever sat around and talked about how to fix the world? Does any, you, you do this? Well, I'll tell you what we need here. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. In the end of the conversation, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. But, 
But no, like it, it happens at dog parks and coffee shops and donut shops and fellowship hall to maybe even this afternoon. Like, I'll tell you how we need to fix church or I know how we're to fix this, whatever. And you get in these discussions and sometimes you get so crazy to come up with an idea on how to fix it all. Well, I'll tell you what we should do. And you say it. And then someone says, well, you should do that. And you go, well, I will do it. And then the next thing you know, you're like, I can't believe I signed up for this. <laughs> Let me read to you a quote. There is need of coming close to the people by personal effort. Less time we're given to sermonizing, like I'm doing right now. The more time we're spent in personal ministry, greater results would be seen. The poor to be relieved, the sick cared for, the sorrowing and the bereaved comforted, the ignorant instructed, the inexperienced counseled. We are to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice, accompanied by the power of persuasion, power of prayer, power of the love of God. This work will not, now check this out, cannot be without fruit. So the other day I was talking with your wonderful campus interns. We were talking about, you know what we should do? We should go stand out on the corner and ask people to talk to us. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. What if we held out a sign that said, free lunch for atheists? <laughs> yeah, we should do that. All right, let's do it. So we did. And uh, I work in the conference office, and if word gets out that something like this is going to happen, communications department finds out about it, and uh, my buddy Andy says, hey, I want to come videotape that. I'm like, all right. Well, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but go ahead. So he did, and um, I want to show you. I'll show you this video really quick, but this is me out on the street. So I kind of want to know what people are thinking in my community. I found that I'm kind of in a bubble and I kind of stick and talk to the same people all the time that have the same faith as me. So I was wondering what it would be like if I just randomly went up to people and asked them questions about what they believed. So I'm going to go to the stand on a corner and just hold up the sign uh, and see what happens. I want to, I want to meet an atheist today and I, I want to buy them lunch. And uh, I, I'm doing research, so um, we're in East Lansing, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little nervous, because I've never stood on the street corner and lifted up a sign before, and I'm not sure how I feel about people who do that. Yeah, 
let me just tell you, I was way out of my comfort zone. I, I consider myself somewhat of an extrovert, but I was way out of my comfort zone. Uh, people are looking at you like, what are you doing? I don't really know. Uh, would you agree, those of you that were else, was that, were you nervous? Yeah, yeah it's, you're just wearing the sign, you know? Like, I remember this one guy, he rolled up in a big old Bud Light semi-truck, and he's looking at me smiling, and he's like, hey, you know, and, and I realized, like, he would want me to take him to lunch. I'm like, do you want to go out to lunch? And he's like, I got to go. And I'm like, are you an atheist? He's like, yeah. And now I'm feeling weird. Because I'm not an atheist. But they think I'm an atheist. Right? This one lady came up to me and she's like, man, give me your number. Which I've never had a girl ask me for my number before. I was like, okay. <laughs> what am I doing? But giving out my number. She's like, I have a friend who's an atheist. I want her to talk to you. Now, I don't know if she thought this guy can't be an atheist. I don't know. But she took my number. Then another girl came up to me and she goes, hey, can I get your number? I'd love to have lunch with you. And I'm like, okay. So I go home and I tell my wife all of this because, you know, I don't want her if we get weird calls. But anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, but then this gentleman came up to me and he said, hey, uh, I, I, I'll eat with you. I said, are you an atheist? He's like, yeah. So, so can I ask you some questions? He said, absolutely. Well, man, what a great guy. Met, sat down with him. The girl that I told you about, gave me, I gave her my number. I met with her the next day. Uh, and I've been talking to people who don't think like me or, or believe like me and just asking questions to try and understand them. And, and so this morning I thought it might be interesting to you if I shared with you there were three things that they all said. And they all believed about God. Um, very interesting. Uh, one was, 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 uh, uh, how do I say this? Well, let me just tell you this. They wanted to know, well, the, the, when I, when I met with the, the gentleman, um, he said, uh, uh, he didn't ask me what I was, but when I met with the lady the, the next week, she said, I, I need you to identify yourself. And I said, uh, I don't want to identify myself. She goes, why not? Oh, and then she answered her question. Oh, because it would bias the research. And I was like, yes, it would. <laughs> it would bias the research. And uh, she goes, okay, that's fine. So, I, but I said, would, would you identify yourself? And she said, yeah. She gave me her name and she said, uh, I, am, I identify as an atheist. I'm queer in a straight relationship. And I was like, what is that? I don't understand that. And she said, well, I'm in an open relationship, but I've been with a man for three years. I am in a, um, but I am, I am an, I'm an atheist. I said, oh, okay. Uh, good. Well, okay. Well then, so I started asking some questions. I said, so tell me, you know, tell me why you don't believe in God. So here, here was one, one reason. Uh, and the, these were, again, all the individuals that I've talked to so far, this was the reason. One was, uh, they can't see God. Okay. Uh, why, why would I believe in anything I can't see? Okay. Uh, which was a really interesting, which was an interesting point. Now, here, here's what I, I'm just going to reveal to you ahead of time. Like, they're not all attending Adventist churches. They're not baptized now. And there's not, this isn't like a, 
I want, you're not going to walk away going, wow, you know, that's not my intent. I, I want you to understand that I, I, I believe that God has called me to be alive for two reasons. One is to love him with all my heart and soul. And the second, to love you like I would love myself. And the greatest way that I believe that I can love you is to try and understand you and point you to Jesus. Not to tell you what to do, not to convince you of anything, but just to love you for who you are and let the Holy Spirit do his job. Amen? Amen. So I'm like, I want to I know these people. I want to love these people. I'm not going to leave and go, you know, say things that are, are, are inappropriate or are holier than thou or anything like that. Like, me at my core, I, I am, there's nothing good in me at my core. It's only by the grace of God and his desire to want to live in my life that I even have hope. He's like, look, I can't see God, and, and why would I even believe in something I can't see? That doesn't even make sense to me. And I said, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Uh, the gentleman, we'll call him Bob. I don't know why we, go, we always go with Bob. We don't want to use the name, but we're going with Bob and Susie. Uh, but Bob says, yeah, I mean, if I can't see him, I said, well, like, uh, what, what would it take for you to, uh, you know, believe in him? He says, well, I, uh, he'd have to show up. If he showed up, I'd believe in him. I said, oh, anything else? He says, no. I said, what about prophecy? What if, you know, what if I showed you that even though he's not revealing himself, like he has a book that could tell you the future? He said, no, that's something. He said, he said but you'd have to be right all the time. He says, like, for instance, if I tell you the Cavaliers are going to win the finals this, this year, and I'm like, right, once out of 20, don't listen to what I say. You'd have to be right every time. And I said, yes, you would. <laughs> I agree. He's like, yeah, interesting. Same thing, this uh, Susie. But what was really interesting about Susie is she says, you know, I can't see him, but really, quite honestly, the reason why I'm not uh, a, a Christian is for other reasons, and we'll get those into a minute. But, but, but they were all suggesting all seeing the same things, they can't see God. Now, as they were telling me, how many have ever heard that before, uh, an atheist tell you that, or, or somebody say that, and that's bothered you? And I was processing that later, because here's what I think is great about talking to people who don't necessarily agree with you, or look at things the way you do, is it gives you pause to think. So I was processing, why can't we see God? Well, here's, here's what I believe is the reason why. It's not his fault, it's actually ours. Can you think of times where God wanted to be with us and we freaked out? In the garden, God came to walk with Adam and Eve. What'd they do? They went and hid. He said, why, why are you hiding? <laughs> they were scared. Think of Sinai. I want, I want to read to you this passage of scripture. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightnings, the flashes, the sounds of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. They said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. They didn't want to be anywhere near God. It wasn't because God was mean to them. It's because of sin. It, we don't want anything to do with him. We don't even want to see him. Some of you say, well, I wish I could just see his face right now. We sing songs, right? You know, just to see your face. That's not a song. But anyway, you know what I mean. 
But I'm going to tell you right now that if God Almighty manifested his presence right now, you probably would duck for cover because of sin. I mean, if you look in Scripture, what happens when God shows up? Face to the ground, scared, wanting to crawl, crawl into the ground. Now, God wasn't like, ha-ha, I got you. He's like, I love you. Now, think this through. How, well, I won't make you raise your hands, but imagine, is there anyone here single or maybe dating or wanting to date? Don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> Unless you want everyone to know. <laughs> I'm available. But imagine. <laughs> imagine if every time you went to the person that you desired, they were scared of you. They saw your face and ran screaming, you would say, oh, this isn't working out. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah. Now, some of you do this. How many? I, I, I'm a teacher, so I'm used to wanting people to raise their hands, so just forgive me. Have you ever tried to get someone to set you up? You don't want to raise your hand like I'm desperate. I'll tell you I was desperate. When I met my, my, my wife for the first time, I was like, whoa, there you are in your league, and this is where I am. So I immediately said, I need an advocate, because <laughs> I don't have any game here. Right? You talk to her for me. Better yet, tell her to go to this spot, and then I'll show up. Now, somebody in this guy is shaking his head like, amen, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it worked for you, sir. But yeah, I'm not like, but, but we laugh about this, but literally, this is the humility and the passion and the love of God. He literally has done that. Look at the, the rest of the text. And Moses said to the people, do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off. But look at what Moses does. Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Like Moses was in love with God at such a level that he went to him. That's the relationship I want, amen? I want when, when God shows up, whether he comes with it the second coming, but more importantly, on our daily lives, when God shows up, I don't run away. I don't make excuses for the sin that I desire more than him. I want to, I want to go towards him. Amen? But it makes sense to me that if, if, I, if I'm living a life that is not producing any type of fruit whatsoever, that... I could say, well, I don't see him. I look as a Christian, I look everywhere and I see God. But more importantly, I hear him. This is the genius of God. And this is why I don't understand why people will not want to believe in the Holy Spirit. God goes invisible. Because if he was visible, you'd run. But now that he's invisible, he can speak to your heart. And you can handle it. I mean, that's genius. But the devil has used that as an example why he can't exist. Have mercy. Second reason was everlasting hellfire. Everyone I've talked to, I've not, I've not communicated that I have anything to do with Christianity. But every one of them go, I cannot believe in a God that would burn people in hell forever. Amen? Amen. Could you? 
How could you say, how could you fall in love with a God who for eternity would torture people? That doesn't even make any sense. I live on this earth for 100 years if I'm doing something right, barely. And then I'm going to burn in hell forever? No, I don't think so. I remember talking to this lady about this, and she said, Susie, she said, and by the way, she said, listen, I, I am an atheist because of my lifestyle, because of what I've chosen to do in my open relationship and everything. She goes, there's no place for me in church. Church wouldn't have me, and I, there's nowhere else to go. And she says, it's a good thing I found community in my, uh, in my new lifestyle because if I couldn't find community, I don't know what I'd have to do. I'd have to do something, but I have to have community. I said, well, do you have an atheist conversion story? She goes, a what? I said, hey, do you have an atheist conversion story? And she goes, no, yes. That's exactly how she said it. No, yes. We were at no, is it not no tie? New tie? No tie? Yeah, okay. That sounds like a good idea right about now. But anyway, no tie. We're in no tie. And she says, uh, yeah, I do have a, I do have a, tr uh, a conversion experience. Tell me what it is. She goes, <clears throat> well, we were in church. I was a very young, young child. And an, a member, uh, a, a man in our church came to us as children and said, you all need to repent. Because if you don't, you're going to burn in hell forever. And she said, it scared me to death. I ran home and said, Mommy, am I going to burn in hell forever? And Mom said, what? The guy told me in church we're going to burn in hell forever if we don't repent. And she said, well, I won't tell you what she said because she began cursing and being upset about it. And, I, and again, I'm sitting there because I haven't identified. And I'm like, oh. And I'm typing that out. And inside I'm like, oh, man, this is horrible. Another girl I had this conversation with, she said the same thing to me, and I, and I had identified there so I could say something. But I said to her, I said, you know, that's not even true. She goes, what do you mean? I goes, it's not true. You don't burn in hell forever. She goes, yeah, yeah, you do. I said, no, you don't. She was an atheist. I goes, have you ever heard of this text? And, I, and I, 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 this is one that I, I've remembered. Maybe you have. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what the atheist the girl said? She goes, hey, that's John 3.16. <laughs> I said, it is John 3. She goes, I know that one. I said, let me ask you a question. Who lives forever? She says, only those that believe in him. I said, that's right. If you're burning in hell forever, that's everlasting life. She said, it is. Then you don't get everlasting life if you don't believe in God. She's like, that's so true. I never thought of that. And I'm like, praise God. Here's one person who's not believing the lie now. You follow what I'm saying? This concept of light shining in the darkness. I'm upset that the world believes that my awesome father is anything other than awesome. And in order... To change that, we need to go have conversations with people that don't agree with us. Amen. It's not because they're bad, awful people. It's because they're people that don't know better. Look, I don't want to argue with people. Like This is one thing I was concerned about standing in the corner, that somebody was going to come up, some meaning well person, and start yelling at me. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know who they are, right? Like, let's get in an argument. He thinks I'm an atheist. He starts yelling at me with a bullhorn. I'm like, get away from me. Let's go. Shoot. And they get into this big argument. Like, look, I don't want to argue. I met this one guy once. He said this. If somebody comes up to him and starts to argue or want to ask him a question on theology or politics, he goes, I only talk to people about those topics if they're my friends. So if you want to have a conversation about it, then you have to go out to dinner with me, and I need to get to know who you are and why you're asking me that question. And you know what happens? People go, I don't want to do that. I was like, that's a great idea. Do I sound harsh? Do you mind? I mean, she gave it to me. Thank you. So yeah, it was so wild. She was like, it was like a light that shone on. You, you follow what I'm saying? A light. I wasn't the light. God was the light. His word is the light. Like, look at what the scripture's doing. You say, well, oh, I can't have those conversations. I'm not a theologian. It's John 3.16, people. I'm not a theologian either. I don't know Hebrew and Greek words. Maybe some, but not a lot. But that scripture is powerful. And somewhat all you need. Third reason. Christians aren't like Christ. That's what they said. I'll tell you a reason why I'm an atheist. Because these Christians aren't like Jesus. So I said to him, I said, uh, I remember I asked the girl, I said, uh, hey, just out of curiosity, do you have anything, do you have a problem with Jesus? She goes, what do you mean? Like, you know, is there anything he ever did that you have a problem with? She goes, oh, no. Why, how could you have a problem with Jesus? He just helped people. And they killed him for it. This is the atheist talking. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So here's the deal. Don't blame him for us. Amen? Look, how many of you have, well, this is being recorded, don't raise your hand. How many of you have family members that are annoying? I'll just take that as a, a few. When my wife met my family, it's possible that some of my family members were annoying. When I met her family members, it's, a, it's possible that they were annoying. But nothing was going to come between me and my wife. Amen? Amen. Now, it's true. We've got to start acting like Christ. Amen. Before we get too holier thou and start looking around like we need to kick that guy out because he's misrepresenting Christ. Well, man, don't, don't be doing that. They might kick you out. <laughs> Reminds me of this guy that went up to HMS Richards once and said, Hey, is there a perfect church anywhere? Have you found the perfect church where everyone is acting like Jesus? He goes, I don't think so. But if there was, don't move there. You'd ruin everything. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It's the truth. We all need grace. Amen? So... I'm over here at no tie. I'm having this conversation with this girl, and she's telling me her story about why she believes the why she does. And she said, I said, well, tell me, you know, if you don't believe in a God, how do you feel about the future? She goes, oh, our future's just cooked. We're trouble. She says, there's, 
humans are terrible. There's nothing good about them. We're going to self-destruct and probably in the next hundred years. I said, that's terrible. Inside, I'm thinking, oh, that's horrible. And I'm about to ask, do you have any hope? She says, it's a good thing I have hope. <laughs> I said, what in? She goes, I just make it up. Because if I didn't make up hope, I think I'd kill myself. And I'm like, uh, wow, what do you do? She says, I'm a, I'm a counselor at Michigan State. When people are having depressed, they come to me and I give them hope. And I'm like, really? All right. We get done with our meal. She goes, you got to identify. You got to tell me who you are. I'm like, what? <laughs> you got to identify. And I'm like, okay, fine. Well, I'm. I'm straight, and I have, I'm married, and I have a daughter. She goes, yeah, 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 yeah. What else? <laughs> and I said, um, I'm a Christian. She goes, oh, man, you are? You're right. That would have ruined everything. <laughs> and I said, well, you know. She goes, look, i got to go outside and have a smoke. You mind coming out? Let's talk some more. I'm like, okay. So I'm an atheist. I hang out with smokers. It's all good. I was so comfortable, actually, because here was a young lady who was sincerely trying to figure things out. So we walk out there, and she goes, I go, look, i got to tell you now that we're all out. <laughs> I, uh, it hurt me to hear your story about why you, you know, left church. I said, look, i got to tell you, my God is not, not that way. The God of the Bible doesn't burn people forever and ever. You know what she said to me? She says, I know. I looked. It's not there. It's not true. Amen. I know it's not true. You know what else was interesting is I had conversations. I've been having conversations with people. When you share with them the love of God and you show them scripture and you do it in a way where you're not trying to manipulate or be aggressive you watch their faces they turn how many have ever been in the dark and you saw light yeah. you're like like they literally were doing that they were like one girl said what church do you go to and i said i go to the seventh day Adventist church she goes really you know isn't there a movie about a guy who's a Seventh-day Adventist? He was like in the army or something. And I go, yeah, Desmond Doss. Yeah, that guy was awesome. I'm like, yes, he was. She goes, I was reading this study, too, about blue zones. And these, like, really healthy people. Yes, one of those was a Seventh-day Adventist. She goes, that's awesome. She goes, you know what else? I work with a girl. She's like really nice. She works with me in the ER in Lansing. And I was like, really? She goes, you probably don't know her. It's not like all you Adventists know each other. And I'm thinking, eh, try me. She goes, do you know Leanne Eilig? I said, no, or I taught her. She's like, no way. You know, like now I'm like super important because I taught, you know, I don't claim any responsibility for how amazing she is. But here's the cool thing about it. You know how awesome it was to talk to an individual that when you mentioned that you were a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, they were like, man, I've heard about you guys. You're really good people. 
instead of, you know. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what are they going to do about it? They're going to glorify your Father in heaven. Look, the reason why we want to be kind and loving and understanding is not because we think that's going to get us in or it's going to justify ourselves. We, we know there's nothing good about us. The reason why we want to be kind and loving and understanding is so that the people who are walking in darkness will see a great light. And that light would be Jesus. And it might cause people who, because of their really hard experiences life, said, look, if that's God, I refuse to believe in him. It's so that these people will go, look, if that's what Jesus is, maybe there is a God. But we've got to have those conversations. So I just want to encourage you. Can you, how many of you, show of hands, how many of you know somebody right now that doesn't know who God is? Do you know somebody? Pray for that individual. Pray for an opportunity to talk with them. Maybe, we're creatures of habit. Maybe we go to the same gas station to fill up or the same Myers or Walmart or whatever. We go to the same place all the time. We see the same person. And what's the thing we always talk about? How's the weather? Isn't that right? We usually do that. I mean, there's other things, but it's usually, hey, how's it going? Good, you? Good, 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 good. That's a lie. It's not always that way. How many times have you said, how's it going? You go, good. And inside you're like, no, it's not. So you focus on the weather or how the Spartans are doing. What if you were to, what if you were, be, I'm not asking you to go stand in the corner and hold a sign and look like a goofus like I did. But what if you just said, hey, and you started a conversation that was deeper than that? What if, you, what if you communicated and so, what if you invited them to a safe environment so they could meet people like you who loves Jesus and love them? You'd be surprised how many people who don't, they just don't have love. They don't have people that love them. And they're, they're, they're walking, they're running, they're not walking, they're running towards a dead end. And they're self-medicating and they're manufacturing hope because there is no hope. And if you really love them, you'll take that opportunity to talk with them. Amen? That's what God is. Look, I'm not here if there weren't people that did that for me. You say, well, yeah, but didn't you, didn't you grow up in Adventist education? Absolutely. But I also grew up in this, this nasty, filthy earth. And I got damaged. I made poor choices. And I was hurting. But by the grace of God, there were godly men and women in my life, outside of my home, that took the time to point me to Jesus. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm in debt. Like Paul says, I'm in debt. Because of the grace that God gave me, I'm in debt to everyone else who doesn't experience that. I will give my life pointing to Jesus. Amen? So may you go out and point to Jesus today. May you go out and point to Jesus this week so that others will have the hope that you have. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you
being so faithful. Thank you for loving us. Like we learn in Sabbath school, not only did you die for us, you stand for us. You're not only our lawyer, you're the judge. And you stand up for us saying, I want Nancy with me forever. I want Mike with me forever. I want Gary with me forever. I want Andrea with me forever. They're going to be righteous because I am righteous and I live in their hearts. It's that same Jesus that stands for you today that is asking you to do the same. And Lord, I pray that you would inspire us, encourage us, give us the words to say, to talk to those people that need you just as much as we do. Just as much as we do. Thank you for this faith community, Lord. Thank you for the Seventh-day Adventist Church that stands here in the last day and follows you wherever you go, Lord. Use us in a mighty way in this community is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to stand with me for our closing song. Number 189, All That Thrills My Soul. Number 189.
Lord, I see. 